Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, the FAA says a simple mistake grounded the nation's airlines temporarily last week. And we have an update on how Frontier Airlines' new peopleless customer service plan is coming along. Next in the news. Travel has gotten much more expensive post-COVID. Demand is high. Prices are higher. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, we offer some simple suggestions for saving a buck or two. It's wave season in the cruise industry. What is wave season and what does that mean to those shopping for the best deal? Gwen Duncan joins us at 335. And last week, our friend Steve LaRosa took us on a journey up the California coast. And today, it's part two of that adventure coming to you at 350. From cars to planes and even trains, we have the stories. We are the Travel Guys. On the road again. Hey there, my friends, Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys with you here to make you a smarter traveler, all brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along on this bright and sunny Sunday. Thanks for joining us. Mark, what's new, my friend? A bright and sunny Sunday. Boy, it's been a while since you've been able to say that. I know, I know. Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure. I you notice how much clearer the sky is and how much oh, yeah. bluer yeah. it is and how much the air is fresher. There's just Friday, something about big, following big rains. Friday, big story in the Washington Post, which is a pretty established national newspaper about Sacramento and our trees and about how important the trees are to us and all the good things they do for us most of the year, but how the lack of rain weakening the root systems and... Gosh, they must have had four dozen pictures online of trees on houses and and stuff like that. I have uh, sixteen people on my staff, and we had two trees on houses. So that's that's one out of eight. Wow, that's amazing. So yeah. yeah, we held up the we held up the citywide average. But anyways, it's nice to see some uh, clear but cold. I mean, and if you look at the temperatures, man, it's going to be cold for a while until it starts to rain again. I think. Um, There you go. Well, uh, you know, since we're the travel guys and travel is part of what we do, uh, as you probably know, you skiers traveling up to the hills and all of that, it's going to be wide open with uh, lots and lots of slopes for you to uh, to tackle. Uh, The resorts will be running, you know, way ahead of schedule. You're going to want to try to probably book ahead, make reservations Plan ahead, and even though the weather's really nice, don't forget your chains and go prepared. My God, they'll be skiing in June, maybe this year. It's yeah. entirely, especially if the weather stays cold um, up there. But anyway, yeah, well, we, we, we're all taking a deep breath here. And if you look, all that weather that we were getting is going up to northern Washington and British Columbia and Alaska, which is where it's supposed to go at this time of the year. So if I don't hear the words atmospheric river for for a few more days, it won't bother me a bit. Amen. Well, at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we do our best to bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the travel news, here's Mr. Mark Hoffman. Well, for the second time in a few weeks, airplanes did not fly 
one day last week. The reason they didn't fly, it turns out, was a software problem. And digging a little deeper, it turns out that one person made a mistake in replacing and tuning some software, and that brought literally the whole system down. It was a con- contract contractor that deleted some files inadvertently and caused some problems with the safety system, and ultimately it's a lot more complicated than that. But the simple word is that it wasn't. It was determined by the FAA that it wasn't safe for airplanes to be in the sky, so they put no more in the sky and got everybody down as quick as they could until the problem was resolved, and within a couple of hours it was. Of course, it had turned the entire uh, Monday into a disaster in terms of flying because everything was backed up all over the country, but at least we learned to tell about it. Terribly outdated system once again. Uh, you know, something like that kind of happened back in the days when we were trying to be, you know, all green and go nuclear power. And we had our Rancho Seiko and everybody had their had their you know, nuclear power plants. And until one person turned the wrong valve and drained the water off of the rods. And well, anyway, I know the comparison is a little weak, but still, you know, had they not responded and taken the planes out of the sky. So anyway, I hope they get that yeah. fixed. The only thing that scares me is that it's a very outdated system and they're saying, you know, something like that could happen again. And it just it 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 concerns me a little bit since I'm often one of the people who was in the sky when things like that happen. We told you a couple months ago that Amtrak had made a deal to replace uh, many of their locomotives, which is true. They're also about to replace a whole bunch of train cars, which are nearing the end of their 40 to 50 year uh, service duty. And some of those new cars are going to show up on trains like the Coast Starlight and the California Zephyr are going to be two of the trains to first get some of the new equipment. So if you are an Amtrak fan, you may see some of these new cars in the next few months. Um, dare I say, sports leisure vacations, you know, we do once or twice a year, we do what we call a snow t- train trip to Reno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not the old fun train where people showed up blasted at the train and then got more blasted on the way up to Reno. Especially if and then it's the next day they would take the train or a couple of days later they take the train back home. Right. Of course the only thing is that in the winter the train tends to be very late. And so those folks could be up there for God knows how long. But anyway, we're getting a lot those folks are not in business anymore. We get a lot of their phone calls over the last couple of weeks. But if you are somebody who doesn't want to use the train as an excuse to be a public inebriate, <laughs> why Sports Leisure Vacations does have a couple of Trips up through the Sierra, go up on the train, spend the night at the Silver Legacy, and then come back the next day by motor coach. Why would you come back by motor coach? Because as we've talked about before, that train comes from Chicago. It's winter time. It's usually three, four, six, ten hours late when it gets to Reno, and you don't always know what that's going to be and going down and waiting in the train station for a long time. So it makes more sense to come back by motor coach. So anyway, if that's what you're looking for, it's out there. Amtrak's going to have some new equipment. Here's a neat story, Tom. This is about a hotel that is in two different countries. Um, It's in France. Part of the hotel is in France and part of it is in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. It's the hotel. I probably am not pronouncing this right. I, Arbez, A-R-B-E-Z, where you can sleep in two countries at the same time because literally the, the border goes right down. The Germans occupied um, the hotel during World War II, and they only occupied the French part. They didn't occupy the Swiss part. I 
course, the Swiss did their best to stay neutral in World War II. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just really interesting. I'll put a link to it Please. at TravelGuysRadio.com so you can see this story. It was uh, it was from CNN dot travel little survey here quick survey how many people right now would rent an electric car tom is that you would you rent an electric car right now you know i think i might as long as they don't overprice it to the point where it just seems ridiculous i mean uh, but yeah yeah well, I, and I, they are more expensive still but um chris elliott did a survey on his website um, roughly three out of four said no, they wouldn't rent an electric hmm. car yet. And basically, they kind of followed where I was coming from, which is I don't know enough about them yet. I wouldn't be able to get into, you know, I mean, I, I got a loaner from the car repair place the other day, and I took the key and got in the car and then said, oh, wait a minute. Um, you guys come out here and show me how to operate this car. <laughs> was so, it an electric? Uh, it wasn't an electric, so that's why I'm thinking an electric one, you you kind of sort of would need to have driven one of those before. Um, or at least have somebody who could tell you, you know, the, you, all the different things. I mean, just the things that normally with a car, the lights, the, you know, the brakes, the, how to get the car to start, all that stuff. Right. Do you, do you think you'll have to uh, bring it back with a full charge? <laughs> that would be my concern, is that you would need to know where the charging stations were and whether there were some where you were going and stuff like that. If you had been driving an electric car for a while, you probably would already be versed into those things. So I would love to drive an electric car as soon as I'm convinced that I would be able to operate it. Yeah, I would. And I would. Would I pay? It's They're running roughly double to rent right now. Mm, eh, I'm probably not interested at, at double. But I might pay a 20% premium or, you know, maybe a little more to drive an electric car. It might be fun. Uh, speaking of things that might be fun or not be fun, Frontier Airlines did away with its customer service call line a few months ago in favor of a messaging-based system available on multiple platforms, you know, mm-hmm. the whole Facebook, Twitter type thing. And so how is that going? Um, they asked Frontier customers, about 300 of them randomly, and uh, they complained that uh, the, the the live chat often takes five to ten minutes for an answer. To have any kind of a conversation took the better part of an hour. Um, there were it, it, it's the the chat obviously operates off of an algorithm, and so the chat doesn't always know what you're saying. And if you if the chat can't figure out what you're saying, remember there is no phone backup here, so there's no way to call somebody and find out. What the real answer is, you can do that at the airport. Guess what? If you need help at the airport, $25. Uh, if you want from Frontier Airlines, you want assistance and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 if they have to hire somebody to help service. you at the airport, the ticket doesn't reflect that. So all I have to say is if you're getting ready to travel on Frontier Airlines, or hey, if you're a Frontier Airline traveler and you love it, um, send me a note at TravelGuysRadio.com. I would love to talk to you about your favorite airline. Show me or tell me why these super cheap, low-budget, do-it-yourself airlines, if it works for you, tell me. Why does it work for you? I would love to, I would love to know because there probably are other people out there in your category 
for whom the same things would work. Or if you figured out a way to game the system a little bit, why you can do that. All right, last item here. Southwest says it has a plan to prevent another air travel meltdown. The CEO says the airline has budgeted more than $1 billion for IT upgrades. He doesn't say exactly when that is going to happen, although he does say they have already hired a rather expensive team of people who are already taking a look at it, and they hope within the next 30 days to have a firm plan on fixing I'm replacing the software, but for now they say that they have a plan in place in case something like this should happen again. Good luck to them, and that's your travel news for today. David Crosby, he lost him at 81 this uh, past week. Southern Cross, the last cut there, was uh, one of his original uh, tunes, even though everybody knows Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, the birds, and uh, all of the music that he was involved with, and uh, everybody has has their favorite. I think Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, in regards to a group, is probably most folks' his favorite. He's certainly going to be missed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the tributes to him from other entertainers online in the hours following his death and the things that they said about him and the stories that they told um, were well worth reading. I mean, very entertaining. And for guys like you and I who grew up in his day and age, why uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, I mean, the first three of them, then four of them, the birds before that. Pretty cool. All right, let's talk uh, for a minute here about how to save a buck when you're traveling. Travel has gotten incredibly expensive. We have talked before on this program how airfares are sometimes dictated to an extent by the day of the week that you travel. But you can kind of break it down even to parts of the day and days of the week. And some of those rules apply to hotels. Let me give you an example here, and maybe some of this will help you the next time that you're planning a vacation. For hotels, Sunday is their dead night. So if you're looking to redeem points or you're just looking for a reasonable rate, Sunday is the dead night for almost every hotel in the country. doesn't matter whether they're a leisure hotel or they're a business hotel. Sunday is their low night. That's why when you see specials offered oftentimes for hotels, casinos, whatever, they offer you that Sunday through Thursday thing. Mm-hmm, exactly. Because on Friday and Saturday, they can get more money. Mm-hmm. Thir- Tuesday, Wednesday are the highest for hotels. Makes sense, particularly from a business standpoint. That's the middle of the business week. So that's when the most people are in town doing business, Tuesday, Wednesday. They're staying in hotels, which makes the opposite true for airlines. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, So except for vacation or resort properties, I mean, they don't really have up and down times. Sometimes their weekends are in Hawaii. Weekends are a little bit more are a little bit higher and a little bit tougher to get into. Rental car prices tend to follow the hotels. So rental cars tend to be um, a little bit cheaper midweek, especially if you're returning a midweek. And Sunday is the cheapest day to rent to rent a car. Now, if your your rental is swapping over into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that's a whole different story. Pretty much. Um, 
also right after a holiday weekend is usually a good time to visit um, the resort and vacation properties and attractions. So if you uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day, things like that, um, going in the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after that week or starting with the holiday night itself, like the Monday night, which would be equal to a Sunday night under normal circumstances. So um, that's the time when you can get the best pricing. If you're looking at a, a really luxurious or an expensive resort hotel, right after a holiday is the best time. Um, for airlines, Saturday is the dead day. Not necessarily for hotels, but for airlines, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or second, because, of course, that's the high nights for hotels when people are not moving around. So for airlines... People are not moving around. That means nobody's on the plane. Mm-hmm. So Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday are, are, are the best. Now, um, Saturday comes with a caveat. The first flight on Saturday morning is usually a little more expensive because it's kind of sort of like a Friday night flight. But if you wait till Saturday afternoon, that's the cheapest time to fly of the whole week. Well, everybody... So really look for Saturday afternoon flights is the, is the best time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Friday, if people are going to do something on a Saturday, they want to get there Friday night. They got all day Saturday. But if you yeah. can get out early enough, you can still use Saturday. Yeah, and, exactly. And But like I said, the later you go on Saturday, the cheaper the flights get. Same thing for Sunday, except reverse. Early Sunday morning, nobody wants to get up and take that flight at 6 o'clock on Sunday morning. But the 10 o'clock flight on Sunday morning is a whole different issue. So, again, if you're looking to get off a little cheaper, go early, really early, that first flight on Sunday morning. Uh, Monday is a busy day because at the beginning of the week, people are getting back home and getting to places. But Monday evening tends to become, again, a slower time. So there's these little things that you can look for. And if you're a little bit flexible with your dates, you can take advantage of some of them. Think about going during the shoulder or the off season. The weather may not be quite as good. Every facility may not be open, but you may get a rate. And listen, sometimes you can go places in the winter and have the vacation of a lifetime. So it isn't always about the weather. And then one last thing on this area, the eclipse is coming in October. If you're going to go someplace to see the eclipse, uh, some places are already sold out. If you're thinking about this, you need to get on this now. So if you go online, the path of the eclipse, it's going kind of laterally across the country. If you want to be someplace where you can see most of the total eclipse, then you need to consider booking now. We'll talk more about that on a future Travel Guys program. Uh, Tom, I wanted to take just a couple minutes here at the end of this segment, um, making people a smarter traveler. You had a Southwest situation. We've talked about it a lot. You were trying to get some unaccompanied grandchildren back and forth between Texas. Um, Flights got canceled. You were at the airport. You got caught up in all of that. Southwest gave you some things to try to make that better. And now you told me last week you were starting to use some of them. So I want to just ask you, as a former Southwest customer, are you still a Southwest customer? Are you happy? <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I am. I could be happier. Uh, we've already booked flights in March for the grandkids to come home from Texas. Uh, we ended up getting two $250 vouchers, two $200 vouchers, two $25 voucher, one $150 voucher, but that was for a really a day late piece of luggage. Uh, grand total about twelve hundred dollars, uh, you know. And then the, we also got the refunds of the, because it cost fifty bucks a kid to fly uh, un, 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 unaccompanied. 
you know, oh, yeah, because okay. they got the flight attendants got to work a little extra hard. So it's so for two kids traveling back and forth, it's a couple of hundred bucks. But since they were already here, they refunded a uh, hundred dollars, 50 per child. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, of course, not being an experienced voucher user for those that aren't, you know, there are some caveats. Uh, two vouchers per person can be used at any given time. So with all the vouchers I had, I was only able to use about five hundred dollars to uh, to reduce the flights for March. But you know, I'm moving forward with Southwest. I'm happy with what they've done. Uh, I enjoyed the nice uh uh, groveling and sorry for being so terrible from uh, CEO Bob Jordan. Uh, it was kind of nice. I think I'm going to save that. I might even frame it. Maybe one of the few times that you get that kind of an apology. Oh, and oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, they gave me 25,000 rapid reward points per uh, flight per child that okay. uh, came off of my ticket to be my rewards points to begin with. So that was nice. So, yes, I am still. And uh, I hope everybody got healed to some degree. It would be fun to talk to others and see what they had to say. Yeah, if you have a Southwest story, um, you could go and leave us a note at TravelGuysRadio.com. Uh, obviously, your email address will come with it. And uh, if if it's a cool story, why we'll get in touch with you, or um, at least give us some more some more things. That's, feel free to to share. So it sounds like to me, uh, you you had two kids who had to get back to Texas, and it was a, a hell of a deal getting them back there over Eight an extended late. period of time. But it sounds like to me that you got probably about you got twelve hundred dollars worth of certificates and some frequent flyer miles. You got a got three or four tickets out of it, in essence. I hope so. I hope so. Here again, it's it's all about when you fly. They wanted to come home in March, and of course, you know what? February, March, you're getting into the uh, uh, into the summer break time. Yeah, uh, spring break. And, yep. and if you read Chris Elliott, Sacramento uh, is a is number three on the destination list of places to go during spring break. I haven't figured that out yet. I mean, either yet. <laughs> Um, we may, maybe we we probably should add. Well, between now and spring break time, we'll ask Chris. All right. Anyways, um, so you're you're fairly whole and you're happy with Southwest. Let's hope that there are a lot of Tom Romanos out there. I, I hope so too. <laughs> and as always, here to make you a smarter traveler. And this time we we go out into the open seas where we find our uh, our travel agent, our uh, the gal Gwen Duncan. Cordially yours, travel. <laughs> Floating in a small boat. Floating, yes. Made out of styrofoam. And, oh, no, that was a different story. That was a, that was a, yeah. different, that was, was a different story. Gwen Duncan, welcome back to the Travel Guys. Thank you. It is a pleasure to have you here. It is the time of the year. It's called wave season. And Gwen is going to explain to you what that is in just a moment. But wave season has been going on for a lot of years. And it's it's sort of a promotional time when cruise lines are offering deals and trying to get people to commit early to a cruise later on in the year. And there are some, some pretty good deals out there. And Gwen Duncan is as, as connected to the cruise industry as anybody that I know. So, Gwen, what is wave season? Can you explain to our listeners what that's about? I sure can. It started years ago when the cruise lines in the uh, cold winter months decided they want to inspire people to think about warm weather and uh, cruising. And so they chose through this is Cruise Line uh, International Association started this thing. They um, they came up with February because this is basically one of the coldest months of the year. And so it was just February that they did this. Well, that's changed. 
Um, then they started coming up with, you know, the Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So they started those, and they were getting a good reception from that. But the advantage of wave season is they tweaked those deals from Black uh, Black Friday and um, Cyber Monday. They tweak them, and then they've expanded from February only for it to be running January. Usually you have to make your bookings by January 28th on some things, uh, for sure in February, and some of them are going as late as March. And they're getting very competitive, not necessarily price-oriented, but um, amenity-oriented. And you can get some great deals for bookings all the way through 2024 in some cases. So what the cruise lines are doing is if the retail price is twenty nine ninety five meaning $2,995 for a cruise, yeah. they might not be giving too much off of that price, but they might throw in like free airfare or a night or two before or after the cruise in a hotel, something like that? Yes, and they also will give you, uh, all of them are giving like shipboard credits, category upgrades, beverage included, specialty dining, maybe free Wi-Fi, a combination of all or some of those things, uh, two-for-ones, some of them, and some of them are doing kids free. I mean, there's so many different offers out there, depending on what the product is. So if you're, if you're a person who is interested in buying a cruise, a couple things you should know. This is a pretty good time to go shopping because there are a lot of deals. And the other thing is that you don't want to be necessarily focused on the retail price, but on what extras you can get for that same price. So if you're if if you've got someone like Gwen that you're working with, she'll probably know a lot of those things, but if you have somebody who isn't as experienced then that's definitely what you want to lead with. It's you want to be well, uh, what can I for this price, what does it all include? Is that maybe a good ap- approach? Yes, I think it is to go to each cruise line and find out what the deal is with would be really time dictating. But if you have a particular date you want to go, maybe you're getting married or you have an anniversary or you're um, uh, celebrating a graduation or I don't care what it is, um, if you book during these different deals, especially during um, uh, cruise month, uh, wave season, you're going to get the cabin that you want, the category that you want, the date that you want. Um, and when you wait later in the year, all that's been kind of uh, squeezed out. You may have some issues. I want to suggest that even when these are good deals, there are some opportunities for your listeners if they're military, if they're teachers, if they're firemen, different of these, uh, or in um, uh, the state that you live in. They've got promotions that are combinable. And uh, this is something that people are unaware of, senior discounts, those kinds of things. Wow. Don't forget to ask for them. Because if you don't I ask, went Christmas shopping like- with a cousin um, who practically ravaged the department store. Because the credit card discount, does this coupon work? Does that coupon? So that's I, I get what you're saying. We're talking with Gwen Duncan from Cordially Yours Travel. We're talking a little bit about wave season in the cruise industry. Tom? Yeah, and with wave season, uh, you see a wave of uh, ads on TV for uh, a lot of uh, a lot of cruises. Uh, noticed one recently, and it's a brand new ship. It's got more things on it. It's like an entire, you know, uh, Disney complex practically, but it's not a Disney cruise on on this ship. Gwen, when you see these ads, especially now during wave season, enticing you to want to sign up. Um, 
it, should buyers beware of uh, of a brand new ship and uh, and all of the bells and whistles that go with it? That, that's a that's a good question. Um, the seasoned traveler, one who has some flexibility, will go for the first you know the new ships because sometimes they can't take off when they're supposed to, and they give you even better deals because they've inconvenienced you to have to wait. And so, so that's kind of a double-edged sword. But um, I don't discourage people from going on new ones, but I will if it's really important that they leave on that particular date. You know, I mean, uh-huh. if there's a particular time span, um, I would discourage them from a brand-new ship until after it's at least sailed its first ship. And sometimes the new builds uh, will be de- delayed one, two, three, four sailings. And there you go. Boy, that's a piece of information. I would Great. All the mm-hmm. years I've been in the business, I would never have thought of that. Thank you, Gwen. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. We just got a couple minutes left here. Um, what do you see as being some of the best deals? We will post a couple of links at TravelGuysRadio.com. Um, Gwen, what are your people buying, or what have you seen that you said, oh, my goodness, that's really a terrific deal? I'll tell you, uh, one of the popular popular destinations, well, there's two popular destinations this year is what I'm recognizing. One of them is Greece and uh, Italy. So that means that uh, you'd want to focus a little bit on the Mediterranean for some of the really good deals. But um, I, um, I, I, we've, I've got one of my agents that has almost 100 people on a celestial cruise coming up for next year. And I have gone on one of those, and that's one of the deals I wanted to mention today. They specialize in the Mediterranean and stuff, but they're offering like 60%, give you an idea of their discount, 60% off, you have to book by February 28th. They all, by the way, all of the deals have expiration dates for the deals, and they're all different. Some of them are January 28th, some of them are February 28th, some of them are March the 7th. I mean, you've got to check out the deals, but Celestial, I like that one. It's a, a ship that's not real popular for everybody. To I mean, it's not real familiar. It's not a Royal Caribbean or a celebrity. The Celestial Cruises is an entrenchment in culture. The ship is that away. The entertainment is that away. The food is that away. The people who work the ships are that away. So uh, we did that when we went to Cuba, but um, on the Celestial and and the, the Greece. I'm expecting that particular itinerary to be outstanding. It's not a fancy ship. But it's a wonderful experience, and that was one of the ones I would like to encourage people to look at. Okay. We'll put a couple of links at TravelGuysRadio.com. If you are a cruise shopper, you might want to check those out. I'll also put a link to uh, Gwen and her agency so that you can talk with her if you wish because she knows a lot about cruising. No matter where you buy it from, ultimately, it might pay you to give Gwen a call. She might know something that, you know, a free airfare or a couple nights hotel or something, those things add up. Gwen Duncan from Cordially Yours Travel, thank you for joining us today and telling us a little bit about about wave season here on the travel guys thank you guys and gwen didn't tell you but she's actually leaving on a cruise i think and as a matter of fact i think we've taped this a couple days before uh the show and i believe she's already out on the road so out on the road out on the water so to speak yeah smooth jazz uh, cruise very interesting as we promised last week it's time to move forward 
with another second episode of What's Going On, California's North Coast with Steve LaRosa. Steve, welcome back to the show. Looking forward uh, to uh, traveling north up to Ferndale and all the places that we teased about last week, including uh, you revealing how you were able to get into the Carson Mansion through the back door or something, right? Boy, those folks in Ferndale have had some challenges recently because some of these areas that Steve is talking about are some of the areas that have seen the most water, the redwoods, forests up there and stuff, and those areas get a lot of rain regularly, and they have been inundated recently. So it should be a good year to go up. I'm taking a group up the um, California coast and up into Oregon. We'll go up through the redwoods and stuff at the end of June on a, a tour. Steve, you went uh, in the fall. Up on the coast, last week you took us um, up through Fort Bragg and Mendocino and along the Avenue of the Giants. We're going to pick up the journey in Ferndale today. Tell us a little bit about the charming town of Ferndale. Ferndale, featured in many Hollywood feature films because it's so picturesque, it has been described as a quaint Victorian village. And the architecture there on Main Street and around town is really spectacular. And a funny little thing, uh, I, I found out that due to the area's large dairy industry, those collections of uh, Victorian buildings have been described as butterfat palaces. <laughs> Some backstory. Uh, I contacted an old friend uh, just to get the lay of the land who actually was a news reporter here on KFBK. Wow. Uh, you might remember... Uh, her name is now Carolyn Titus. She was formerly Caroline Slark. And her husband and her now host a, a popular Airbnb site. This is right off Main Street in Ferndale. And one is the Ferndale Victorian and the other one is the Ferndale Barn Dominium. Unfortunately, they were traveling during her visit to Ferndale, but they recommended the Victorian Inn on Historic Main Street. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness they did. The innkeepers there are Lowell Daniels and Jenny Oaks, his wife, and they are just lovely people. And the Victorian Inn was built in 1890, and it is as gorgeous as any period building that I've ever seen. They have 10 rooms, which have a vintage decor with modern amenities. And the VI restaurant, VI for Victorian Inn, downstairs offers a first-class menu. California cuisine meets North Coast specialties. And besides the charming shops and boutiques on Main Street, we actually stumbled on a fun surprise. We were invited to check out the century-old Methodist Church, now called the Old Steeple, which is the tallest building in Ferndale. Turns out the Old Steeple has been transformed into a concert hall. It's a beautiful uh, setting for having a concert, and... They're bringing in some decent names, like on January 26th, they got a triple bill of Sean Colvin, Mark Cohn, and Sarah Jarosz, and all three of them are Grammy winners, so they're going to be there the same night, and they've kept a lot of elements from the church, most dramatically, the imposing, nearly floor-to-ceiling stained glass window, and it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful building, so... The next day, we were off to Eureka. Steve, up to date uh, on your trip here, we haven't talked about you know what it costs, with how much the rooms are. Just overview so far on this trip uh, on a scale of, uh, let's say, 1 to 10, 10 being really expensive, 1 being free. You know, how costly is it to take a road trip uh, up the North Coast and, and stay in some of these places? 
plan on spending anywhere from a little under 200 to a little under 300 a night. Ferndale is arguably one of the one of the most overlooked places in all of California because it has that main street with all those beautiful Victorians there. I mean, I, I would challenge anybody to come up with a with a better photo opportunity anywhere in California. We're talking with Steve LaRosa. Steve um, is doing one of his Let's What's Going On episodes. It's a two-parter. The first part was last week. You can find a link to it at TravelGuysRadio.com. And this is our second episode of Heading Up the Coast. And, Steve, we've passed through Ferndale. We're headed for Eureka. Ferndale was our uh, our base, so we shot out to uh, Eureka the next day, and we had a brief meeting with uh, Julie at the Humboldt County Visitor Center, where, oddly enough, we ran into Lowell from the Victorian Inn, which I mentioned, in Ferndale. Lowell invited us to join him for lunch in the amazing Carson Mansion, and more on that in a little bit. But we took a, a quick stroll through Old Town Eureka, and like a lot of the small towns up the coast, small bistros, gift shops, galleries. But then we were off to meet Lowell at the Carson Mansion, where he and his wife Jen, Jenny are members. It's a private club, not open to the public. Lowell gave us the tour. You guys have seen this place, right, either in pictures yes. or in mm-hmm. person? What do you think? Pretty awesome. It's pretty spectacular. When you start talking about Victorian mansions and the like, uh, this is Carson Mansion is, is pretty much the one after which all others are compared. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Apparently, the story goes, William Carson, who was a lumber baron, built the three-story, 18-room mansion not including the tower and basement in 1885. took a couple years to build. I mean, it's extraordinary. Name a wood, it's in there from around the world, and in almost every case, you guys, intricately carved. And at the top of the the first landing of stairs, mind-blowing stained glass, as beautiful as you'll find in any cathedral. And here's the fun part. Across the street is the smaller but still gorgeous Pink Lady Mansion. Guess what color the Pink Lady Mansion is? I'm guessing pink. <laughs> I'd go what pink. What we got for him, Bob? You are correct. <laughs> yeah, that, this place was built in 1899, and it was a present to Carson's son. And word is, uh, unlike the Carson Mansion, it's going to be converting to a bed and breakfast at some point here in the future. And uh, Lowell told me that uh, Carson built the place across the street so he could keep an eye on his son. So I don't know if there's any truth to that. After uh, Eureka, we uh, zipped over to the Redwood Skywalk. Have you guys heard of this place? Uh, me neither. Well, it was pretty cool. It's the Skywalk is a imagine a grove of trees, a network of platforms which surround each uh, trunk of the tree, and they're connected by redwood plank bridges. Cool. To the myriad of other redwood trees in the grove, mm-hmm. and there's one short length of a very solid and secure, like, suspension bridge. Wiggles just enough to give you the willies when you're walking across it. And this thing, it, it, it's, it stretches nearly a quarter mile throughout the grove. And at its highest point, to give you some relativity, you're 100 feet in the air. But you look up, and you're still only a third of the way the tops of the redwoods. On your way back home... You had one more stop on your road trip in Healdsburg. We did. We uh, checked into the Hotel Trio in Healdsburg, some Marriott property, and different from the other places we stayed.
say that this place is very modern with an updated feel, full kitchen and a sitting room, very nice, very clean, nice amenities. And while it's certainly within walking distance to the town plaza, the trio offers complimentary shuttle service to the plaza and, if you prefer, bike rentals. And in the morning, they offer a selection of grab-and-go meals. So we headed down to the charming Healdsburg Plaza and strolled around checking out the shops and the tasting rooms, the wine tasting rooms and restaurants. And we settled on a dish of ice cream to enjoy on the benches by this huge gazebo watching the world go by. It was very peaceful, restful, and a great way to end a very busy and very fun week. Hillsburg is a place that has – it doesn't have the reputation of Mendocino and – Ferndale and some of the other places as you as you head up the coast, but I will just tell folks who are lis- our listeners, Healdsburg is a spot that really has come into its own in the last ten years or so. So if you're if you're thinking about copying Steve's trip here or any part of it or picking out your favorites, um, Healdsburg is a place that you definitely should allow a little bit of time for. Um, links to Steve's first half of the episode can be found at travelguysradio.com. We also have a a link to some pictures that Steve took along the way, uh, some of the places that he talked about. Steve, any final thoughts um, about what's going on on the North Coast? Meet people, because if you you engage with people, you're going to learn a lot more about that place you just walked past and missed a, a great little nugget. Lastly, I would say we very consciously decided to go on Sunday and come back on a Friday, which meant smaller crowds and far more availability in uh, hotels and motels. Steve, thank you for uh, some really detailed observations of going up the coast. It is one of the prettiest parts of all of California. Um, generally best done in the warm weather season because they tend to get a little bit more rain, a little bit more fog, and, and just you know, Seattle-type weather up there, but a beautiful place to visit no matter when you go, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned the fog. I love the fog coming into the main street of Ferndale at right around dusk. Very um, atmospheric. It was really cool. Steve, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking a bullet for us here at the Travel Guys and forcing yourself to go to all those horrible places and see all of that awful stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a well, sacrifice. It's, what what, what a great job. There you go. Like you say, tough jobs. Steve had to do it. All right, buddy. Thank you. We'll look forward to uh, what's going on next time here on the Travel Guys. Thanks, guys. Okay. And don't forget, my friends, uh, pictures, some great pictures that Steve took on his trip up the north coast of uh, California can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Lots of great information to make you a smarter traveler. Thanks once again to Steve LaRosa. We'll see you next time on What's Going On. Yeah, great job, Steve, um, going all the way up the coast there. That is really, especially in the summertime, really an incredible place to, to, to go. But remember, you need reservations. All right, here's something kind of cool from Travelers United quickly here before we wrap up the program this week. Have you ever had a travel credit expire? Remember we talk about how these guys issue these credits because they know that a lot of them will never see the light of day. Um, this sort of proves that. Uh, 46% of the people said canceled the flight and didn't use the credit in time. So basically, 54% in this survey, 46% didn't use it. So if Southwest gives you a $100 credit, 
they know, according to this survey, that 46% of the time you'll never use it. So, anyways, let's wrap it up here. Dance like nobody's watching. All right, my friends, you stay well. We'll see you next week, same time, here with the Travel Guys. Bye for now.